Welcome to this segment of Mind You and Food. And this is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Today, we're going to dive into a few more fall recipes, remedies, and a conversation around food cultural appropriation. This is a topic that's been sitting in my mind's eye for a bit now. So as we dive further into the fall season and this aspect of um, just even communing with our ancestors is upon us as we approach this holiday known as Halloween. And in different parts of the world, this is a moment to honor those who have transitioned from one life to the next. And the reason we would want to do this, and it can happen anytime, is that it's to understand that we're actually eternal beings. So these traditions exist in many faiths um, in different ways and cultures around the world. And this also can take place, you know, on the anniversary of someone crossing over or their birthday just to put out a candle, a picture, uh, offering, in a sense, to connect with them. And I always encourage my clients when um, working with those that have recently lost someone that we want to champion for one another's souls. And this will lead into that conversation about cultural appropriation in relationship to food, clothing, all these things uh, from my vantage. So before we go into that juicy conversation, uh, we want to dive into a few more fall recipes. These segments are intended to uh, satiate you with different ways to feed yourself. And one of the universal ways that we feed ourselves daily is through physical food. And it's my deep passion to bring people around a table and to enjoy food with one another. And if you're in a position in your life that you don't have the space to welcome people into your home, or maybe you feel alone and you don't have people to welcome into your home or invitations to go to theirs, you can start this process with yourself. And this week I'll be putting up a short, a short on YouTube and on TikTok and mind you and food on Instagram, just about how easy it is to prepare a quick meal for yourself, even at the end of a day when you're tired. And so look out for that. And then when I post this on my site, I'll link there and I will include the full recipes that I mentioned here today. So this aspect of kind of nourishing this deep-seated grief that we have, and a lot of times this is carried over from, you know, our ancestors passing and then making peace with that. And that's the most difficult thing to do because we have attachment to those that we love and we want to keep them around forever. Uh, yet, if we open ourselves to the fact that we can continue the dance in an eternal fashion, no matter what your theological belief system is, that you have this opportunity to do that. And it's your choice how you want to meet it. As this relates to food, uh, and as I mentioned in the last segment, the one thing that people love to do is deliver food in a time of grief, whether it's the loss of someone, someone having a difficult time, 
it's a way that we can cheer each other up. So I'm going to encourage each and every one of you to think about someone that is without right now, might be uh, grieving, might be alone, and make something or pick something up at your local market and surprise them with it, deliver it, and, and think about what they like. So go outside of your relationship to your comfort food, but go in and think, what do they like? What do I remember? Because there's nothing more intimate, in my opinion, when someone notices the foods that you like. That means they notice the taste, the flavors, the experience that you like to have from the outside world to the inside world. And the foods that we favor give us something. It's not just uh, nutrients. It's not just a superfood. It actually gives us something. And this is such a gift from Mother Nature that uh, the flavors and all the possibilities are so extensive. So uh, with that being said, if you're inspired, think of that person or people and think about what they love to enjoy, what you remember them ordering maybe at a restaurant or what they went for at your home when you put out a bunch of food. Make them a little package and drop it by. Uh, you might just say to them, give them a heads up. <laughs> hey, I want to drop something off for you. When's a good time? So that you don't catch them off guard. And also, I would recommend don't even impose yourself on the space, but just to really say, I just wanted to drop this off. This is a gift to you and give them a hug and leave. Or you can do the old uh, ding, door, ding dong and dash, meaning leave it for them and they'll come out and get it. Uh, that's just a beautiful way to act kind and generous and create some joy for someone. As far as additional recipes, for the fall season, um, as mentioned, I really enjoy roasting this time of year. Just an easy thing to do, especially if you have full days ahead of you. It's something you can get up early. You can roast a bunch of veggies and have them ready to add to any kind of dish that you want to create. And they warm up nicely. You can crisp them up on the stovetop or you can leave them out at room temperature depending on the ecosystem at the place you live covered up of course but they'll be fine you know I always remind some of my family members that like even salad it doesn't have to be in the fridge it actually grows outside so if your internal space is at a nice temperature meaning there's not like huge fluctuations with heat or air that food can sustain for that day you don't want to go days on end but you can prepare in the morning leave it out at room temperature and then uh, enjoy it in the evening. Even a pot of soup, let it sit. It'll get really yummy and then heat it up in the evening. So we are going to go through a warm fall roasted salad. So by Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, this fall seasons for our brothers and sisters in the Northern Hemisphere is a beautiful time to eat warm foods. And salad is such a great digestive friend. However, it can be a little hard on the system. So this is how we're going to explain it goes. You're going to eat your warm food first. If you want to have a salad, a green leafy salad, have that at the end, especially if you're um, eating all forms of protein, 
Uh, salad at the end is a great digestive enzyme. And even salad beyond dessert, if you have a really sugary dessert, is a great way to go because that will help you process and balance out that sugar. So this recipe uh, is going to be fun and simple. You're going to roast some fennel, some beet, uh, a beet chopped. You can quarter it. And, you know, when I'm on retreat and having everyone cook in the kitchen together, I always really want them to be empowered as to how they want to cook. So listen, if you went to a culinary school and learned how to use your knife in a professional way and all these things that are there for a reason because you have to cook a little bit more rapidly when you're preparing for like hundreds of people in a short amount of time, that's great. But I want you to bring your heart, your soul, your love because a messy chop versus a professional chop, if the messy chop is filled with love and the professional chop is filled with stress, I'm going to go for the messy chop. So I want you to cut up your veggies the way you wish. You want to leave them a little bit more chunky because we're going to roast them and they're going to reduce down. So you're going to put that fennel, you're going to put the roast or the beet that will soon be roasted in there. You're going to take um, also uh, your Brussels sprouts, which you'll just cut in half or you can leave whole. It's your choice. And then from there... You're going to take some cabbage and you're going to, again, make some nice wedges of that. So you'll have cabbage, fennel, beet, Brussels sprouts, and then you're going to roast it. Let it get nice and juicy, caramelized. You're going to put garlic in the pan. You're going to um, even leave those in the pods if you want or slice it up pretty chunky so it doesn't burn in the process. Layer it on top and then when you flip it, it'll start to reduce down. And if you wish, you can even add an onion, which is great for this time of year for fighting off any and all type of infections coupled with our garlic friend. And then you can place your favorite herbs. This is going to be your recipe, not completely mine. Uh, If you're not certain, you can put things that grow together in the garden and are available this time of year or the spices that you enjoy in your cupboard, just uh, fresh or on top. You're going to roast those, uh, again, like 375 for about an hour, a little bit less, probably about 50 minutes, turning them till everything's tender. If you notice uh, your Brussels sprouts or your fennel are cooking down a little bit faster, just keep your eye on it. You can always remove layers if you need to, but realize some of those things like onions and fennel will caramelize and really uh, feed the, the heartier Um, pieces there that you have especially something like the beet I keep the beet skin on all aspects are helpful just scrub them up really well before you put them in you're going to bring that out of the oven and then you're going to have ready close by some apples you're going to do nothing to them you're just going to have them washed green granny smith and you're going to put three or four because you can use these throughout the week as a item to add to a porridge or simply a nice snack. You're going to coat those with a little bit of olive oil and some cinnamon, cardamom, nutmeg, any other like cookie holiday spice that you like. Even if you have pumpkin spice, you can use that. Put them in the oven. You're going to cook these till they're tender. It's going to be 
about 45 minutes. And um, again, depending on your oven. While those are cooking, you're going to take your roast veggies and then you're going to do another nice simple chop, meaning that you don't want anyone to have to get out their fork and knife while they eat this roast salad. So just slice, do slices, slice, slice, slice. Then you're going to gently toss everything together. And then from there, you're going to grab some pumpkin seeds, some sunflower seeds who, again, I'm a huge advocate for. They're getting a bad rap <laughs> and they're available in our pumpkins this time of year and our late um, summer crops from the sunflowers. You're going to take those, toss that in salt, pepper, Himalayan salt, great for heart conditions um, and circulation and so many beautiful things. You don't have to oversalt your food. And to note, if you are over flavoring your food, there's an imbalance there. Hit me up. We'll talk about that. And there's some inner healing and transformation to do and potentially some nutrients that you're missing in your day-to-day food intake. Uh, Once you have that all set, you're going to take that beautiful salad. And then on the side, you're going to just whip up some simple thyme depending on the spices used, but we're going to go thyme, lemon. I mean, yeah, lemon juice, a full lemon, some fresh thyme, just pull off those leaves. And then olive oil, the olive oil will be uh, one part to two parts of the lemon juice. And then you're going to whip that up really nicely. And then from there, if you like a mustardy flavor, you could put that in or a little horseradish. Again, these are great things to open up the lungs at this time of year and then whip that up you can serve this on the side or you can dress it dress it it will uh, lower the shelf life of this roasted dish and also sometimes people overdress things again because that taste thing they're grasping for something and so they over um, flavor and put too much sauce on things so as they do in Vietnam uh, they will put a salad plate out and the dressing on the side, uh, your choice, how you like to do it. If you prefer to have it all together, dress it, let it sit, especially if you're going to a family event or friends, you know, it's fine. It'll probably all get eaten up. So you don't have to worry about that. So once that's done, you set it aside. And then from there, you can add that to anything you make. You can add it to a protein of your choice. You can add a grain and create a nice little bowl that way, or a dish, or it can be a main dish. You can just have a bowl of vegetables as a meal. So that is a fun way to get your veggies in, and it's warm, and it feels good. Uh, So try it out. And you can throw in anything else that might inspire you. Again, this is your dish, uh, and I'm just sharing some inspirations for you today. Now, as those apples roast up in the oven, they're, the skin's going to start to come off. You'll see it pop. It's soft to the touch. Uh, then when they're ready, you bring them out. You're going to put them on a plate and let them be. When you're ready for that little sweet treat after your meal, and just slice as much as you would like. You might like a half of one. You can whip up some fresh whipping cream. It can be dairy or non-dairy. Uh, You can just put a little honey, dress it how you wish. You can add fresh berries like blueberries that are in season right now. Again, you can add even some sprinkling of little nuts, Uh, whatever toppings you like. Consider it like your ice cream, uh, but it's a piece of fruit. (laughs) And yeah, keep it as um, natural as possible. That will serve your system well. Uh, 
So the other thing that you can do with these roasted apples is you can create a natural caramel, which, you know, the caramel apples. You can take dates and you're just going to put them in a blender without the seeds, some water, some cinnamon, some salt, and you're going to blend those up. You need a high-powered blender uh, to really get the consistency. And you'll just keep adding natural spring water till it gets to a, a consistency that it can be easily dipped or spread on those apples. So you could have half of your apple, additional toppings, and then some caramel, depending how thin you get it. You can drizzle it on top or put it in a little dipping pot, especially if you have kids. They love this. You could even use this with a, a fully raw apple. Lots of fun. So from there today, um, we're, I will talk about um, cultural food appropriation. I Gosh, probably about a year ago, I was a little surprised. I, I read cookbooks like a novel. I watch, when I watch food TV, it's been, a, it had been a minute because <laughs> I don't have a TV, but, you know, stream it. Uh, I noticed that some of the chefs from different regions of the world were talking about this food appropriation that, uh, how it's not fair that people that aren't in East Indian are making golden, um, golden milk that people that are Italian can charge so much more for their food. And while there's just as much value in other food, which I agree. Um, (laughs) but it was interesting because, and then it was kind of suggesting if you're not that ethnic background, you are best not to be making that food. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Um, what's going on here. And this has obviously been a topic uh, for, on many different levels, but I want to bridge this conversation here on this Mind You and Food segment because one thing that I do teach my students is that we have a relationship with our eternal soul. And so what's curious is you might have a passion and a love for, let's say, Thai food, which is one of mine, In this lifetime, I am not of the ethnic descent of a Thai person (laughs) or a Chinese person. However, I have a skill for doing that that is not from here. Very early age, I would create a whole feast, Chinese menu, uh, Thai menu, all those things as soon as they cross my path. Same with Indian food. So your soul sometimes is craving something from before here. Even my son, when he was young, I've mentioned this before, when we get around my East Indian friends and he would get to eat, he would light up. He would actually take his rice, very young, hold that rice like they do in India and in the Philippines and many parts of the world. They use rice like bread, like we would dip up a sauce in Italy. So he that brings him joy so the reason I bring this up today is please don't take people's passion away and write to express culture especially if it's a memory from beyond here that they can't explain you know we're living at a moment on the earth where you can actually prepare foods from all over the world and to understand that that magic like to see my son light up like that and every time we go and eat Indian food is like I don't wouldn't want to take that gift away from him nor would I want to tell him he can't cook Indian food 
So I bring that in just to open up the conversation that to really where you have your issue, like if you're feeling like you're undervalued in your culture versus another, then look at it as an opportunity to bring value, to shine a light on what you're passionate about and share it with others. Uh, And then this whole appropriation from a Eastern perspective is that we are in a wheel of samsara. We are in a cycle of reincarnation from that perspective and from a scientific perspective. And so if we're continuing, you know, probably that which you're complaining about, you might have been. And so if we sit with that, then we can say, wow, how can I make peace? And that's what this season about even honoring our ancestors is is how can I make peace with something that's uncomfortable? Of course, there are atrocities from not even our distant past, but our immediate past, meaning like yesterday there were atrocities the day before. And so if we keep harboring an eye for an eye mentality and start nitpicking everything from language to how one expresses themselves in their physical attire, in their food preparation, this is very stagnating because it's limiting and it keeps one in a very isolated, one world, one life point of view. And we're these dynamic forces that is unexplainable. And many of us, myself included, don't completely understand the vastness. I mean, and I... I've seen a lot and I have certain skills, but I know there's more to understand. And when we limit and we say, oh no, your ethnic roots are only this, therefore you can only do this, that's a limitation. So as inspired, I encourage each and every one of you to move beyond your limitations internally and think about, gosh, what do I want to exchange in the world from my ethnic roots that I know and the ones I can't explain. And so from there, as it relates to physical food, explore different foods, learn how to cook the foods that are calling to your heart and soul and share them and actually learn from your brothers and sisters that maybe have a beautiful skill set for knowing how to make those. That's how a lot of these traditions were passed down and there still can be preservation of culture and emergence of new culture through this process. So with all that being said, and I know that's a juicy topic, and feel free to email me or send questions or comments below about this topic. I would love to hear from you. I'm always open to all perspectives. This is where it's just meeting me at this moment. uh, Is I welcome you, one, do a nice, beautiful, kind act of food offering to family or friend. And make a water or food offering to uh, one that has crossed over. Put out candles, pictures, just to honor those who that have crossed your path in this lifetime. And maybe in other lifetimes, you never know. And then the third thing is uh, evening remedy. Just to settle down, uh, maybe unplug, not uh, connecting to technology after a certain point in time, give yourself a gap before you actually physically go to sleep. I know many people, because technology, digital media is something you're digesting, you're taking in. So I know a lot of people will take this in 
And then it goes into their dreaming time. And sometimes those things are not beneficial. And also it becomes a sleep aid. So rather than do that, you can make yourself a warm cup of chamomile tea. You can add a little GABA tea that will help with your brain and help open it up to doing subconscious transformation at night when you're sleeping. Uh, warm up a milk of your choice after you've um, steeped the two. You can take that steeped tea and the warm milk, blend them together with a whisk, add some honey, cinnamon, and cardamom, and sip on that by candlelight. Just take some quiet time before you go into sleep time, opening yourself up to just let go because that's part of what fall is about is letting go and also for our brothers and sisters in the southern hemisphere spring is also about that it's like clearing creating space so creating that space before you actually go to sleep is really beautiful it might take some uh, training because you've relied upon maybe the phone and technology or television to put yourself to sleep or substances subtract those out and see what happens and to be noted are these this tech feeds into your meridian your heart meridian and your lungs and so that's not so healthy so it's good to turn off the wi-fi put those devices away in the other room or in a desk drawer and enjoy your slumber so uh, if you have any questions feel free to email me at s at suzannetoro.com if you want to dive a little deeper into your own uh, mind you in food, unlocking your potential, send me an email. We'll have a chat. And until next time, this is Suzanne Toro signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.